Greetings, everybody. My name is Mike Garrigan. And I'm Murray. And we'll be your host today. This is the MikeGarrigan.com podcast. Um, this is episode six of ten in the Pillar of the Sun podcast series. Thank you for joining us. And what we do here is, is each week we play one song from Mike's new album, Pillar of the Sun. And we talk about that song's origin, uh, production choices, and meaning. So you're in the right place if that's what you're interested in. And this week, the theme of the show is ghost songs. And we're going to talk about the song Paper Staircase. And we have a, a debut of a, of a live recording of the song Water and Wine. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to share an outtake from Pillar of the Sun that didn't make the record, but has to do with the afterlife and ghosts and, and whatnot. Did you have a good week? It was bittersweet, I'd have mm. to say. Um, Why was it bittersweet? There were some really cool things that happened, you know, with um, the Lemonheads tribute was great. We raised oh, like $900 for wow. the animal shelter. Good. But, um, I mean, everyone knows what happened in Connecticut this week, and that was pretty awful. So, um, yeah. I even know how to respond to it. I thought about canceling um, the podcast this week, but that doesn't make sense either. So, what do you want to do um, then? What do you think? What I want to do is uh, we're going to do a, a thirty seconds of silence, mm-hmm. okay, uh, as a moment of silence to recognize uh, those who um, lost their lives in, in that tragedy. So, we're going to do that today. Um, hope that's enough. That's what we can do. So, here we go. So did anything good happen this week other, you know, that you can... Yeah, on Sunday night, um, Pillar of the Sun, the new record, um, appeared on iTunes. And that's great because it was in a queue for a little while to get uh, approved for digital distribution. So now it's available digitally, Hmm. uh, not just at MikeGarrigan.com. And why is that that a good thing? Well, um, it's a good thing because a lot of people uh, enjoy music digitally, Hmm. uh, specifically through a retailer like iTunes. Yeah iTunes is one of the largest um, music stores in the world. International distribution is is found there. So uh, now that the record's there, more people will buy it. Uh, it's kind of neat to see um, how that works over time. And I guess since it's um, digital, since the distribution's digital, it'll show up on things like Spotify and, and Pandora? Yeah, over time. I think over the next two to three weeks, um, the tracks will start showing up. It's kind of weird how that, that all is queued up and, and works, but usually iTunes is first and the other ones follow. So Pillar of the Sun is now available at iTunes, which is great. I guess now we're going to get into the first song of the podcast. Uh, this song is called Paper Staircase. Cannot find you when you're running down these stairs. I cannot find you. The red milk can is always where it was. 
wouldn't it be nice to take a long walk to and I'd wrap my arms around you and inside this everything Cannot find you You're running down these stairs I cannot find you And the red milk can is always where it was It'd be nice to To take a long walk to And I'd wrap my arms around you And inside this everything song thank you so like uh we've done last week and the weeks before um mm-hmm. where did that song come from what was its origin well paper staircase uh it's the oldest song on pillar of the sun and it was written in 1993 wow That's old. so it goes goes way back and um i wrote it when i was in high school and mm-hmm. when i was in high school i would make um different tapes you know like um albums on my four track uh, mm-hmm. i did one tape um a bunch of tapes, and this was one, and this one had three songs on it. And the only song from this set of recordings that saw the light of day was the song Lampshade Girl, which was written by my brother. Yeah. And I eventually would record that on Building a Hole. That's really old, man. And this song, 
uh, paper staircase could have been on building a hole, but it wasn't. Why didn't you put it on building a hole? I mean, it sounds pretty cool to me. The main reason it was left off building a hole was because um, it was conceived as a duet, hmm. and it was very difficult to, um, well, almost impossible to perform it without another person, and I was playing solo at the time, so the song re- really never got played during the building a hole uh, tour touring um we could not walk in so it just got left behind i always liked it and it, it had this mysterious quality to it i mm. knew i liked it and um i didn't know why and the song you know on the tape uh, got leaked out because people started to find my um mm. four track recordings and pass them out and back in those days this was pre-internet so people would make dubs of dubs of dubs on their tape decks and pass them around you would occasionally get i would occasionally get requests for it at shows um mm. so it, it was a song that was in the catalog that never really got performed. And So um, what happened that made you want to record it for this album? Well, it's kind of an interesting story. I, I was um, at a sound check, I think it was 98 or 99, for mm. the band Collapsus, and we were checking, and this um, young woman came up to me and said, you know, can can you play Paper Staircase tonight? Mm. And I said, well, we we don't really... First of all, I didn't know how she knew the song, but I, I said, we don't really do that song, but... um. You know, I had a, a a time after the encore where I'd come back out and do a song by myself, like Wonderland or or something else, uh, something from like Lessons of Autumn. Maybe before the encore, but yeah. And I, I said, sure, I can do that song tonight, you know, but I have to ask, where did you hear it? And what she told me was that um, not too long before that, her dog had died and a friend of hers had put it on a mixtape for this old four track version I did in in my parents' garage. Hmm. And what happened was, you know, she associated this meaning to this song that the song was about her dog and wanting to be with her her dog who had passed away. So in that way this song just kind of became it went from being this sort of vapid, I don't know what this is about kind of relationship song with some really obscure uh, images to being hmm. a very specific song that someone used as a song of mourning. So for that, uh, the song took a special place for me. Yeah, that's a cool story, you know, and I, I guess was there, because the song took on that meaning of, of sort of death and mourning, um, I guess were you thinking about using it on one of the seasonal records then? Yeah, it was in contention for spring, but that doesn't make sense to me once the hmm. other songs got put together so it Agreed. it was yeah. on a short list to be recorded but never got executed until afterward well um until after the the spring came out i said you know i really want to do paper staircase if i'm going to do this um makes sense yeah. b-sides record or this outtakes record and for a time the record was actually called paper staircase uh, that was its working title and that didn't seem like it captured all the songs like Pillar of the Sun. All the, all the songs are generally about light or the absence of light or shadows. Mm-hmm. And this song was sort of an outlier in that respect. But in that way, I kind of hit it in the middle of the album, sort of the beginning of side two. Do any of the other songs on Pillar of the Sun deal with sort of uh, the afterlife or ghosts? I'm sure there's a couple that yeah. that would fit that bill. One, one of my favorite songs from the record that has actually gotten a lot of good response from, from my listeners is uh, the song Water and Wine. Mm-hmm. It's a good and one. And what I want to do now is play a, a live acoustic version from the Deep South show from, from November. Um, this one came out pretty good. Uh, this is Water and Wine.
like everything seemed right Did you know then that the rest of your life would be Both water and wine And do you remember me Take me in a bar That's pretty cool. I mean, it seems like in, in this song, oh, you're welcome. And it seems like in this song, you know, you're doing something different and it's not really about mourning. This one seems like, I don't know, to me, it sounds like you're talking about your life story mm-hmm. and then maybe at the end, you'll be able to look back on your life and understand more or something. Is that what you mean? Yeah. And, and I'll get more in, in depth with this song, uh, and a couple of podcasts from now when we do, um, feature water and wine as a song but you know i think this is a good contrast when we're talking about you know some songs that deal with mystical things or, mm-hmm. or missing people and, and yeah. their, their presence and whatnot you know one day we're all gonna leave here um sooner or later and we're gonna cross that threshold so this song was about thinking about that moment in a way and it's not really negative or positive it just kind of is i guess it is sort of um whimsical you know uh what's the word reminiscent reminiscent you know? yeah uh, sure nostalgic nostalgic um, can I read the mailbag? Yeah. What you got? Oh, uh, this week's letter, um, says, dear Mike, 
I really enjoyed reading your uh, 100 blog entries from last year. Uh, next year, are you planning to do something similar? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I thought about it, and I, I do want to do the 100 days of blogging again in 2013. And, and for those of you that missed it, it's still up there. It's in the Tumblr that I do. But um, what I did was every day in 2012, for the first 100 days, I, I made some kind of entry. And it it related to um, anything. It was kind of random. There's a lot of death uh, But this year, I'm, I'm sort of playing with some ideas uh, for what to do next year. I think I'm going to organize it a little better. Hmm. Um, maybe something around a, a, like a casual history of the 20th century and hmm. some events to trigger um, that sounds cool. discussion or, yeah. or writing about something current. So it, I'll, it'll be I'll read it. It'll be something different. Uh, it won't be exactly as random as the last one, but I, I enjoyed it. It helped my writing, it helped my creativity, and helped me um, stay connected uh, to other people. So uh, I'll definitely be doing it. What do you think? Um, getting back to Paper Staircase, the song. Um, what were the production choices you made with that song, and how is it different from the other songs on the album? This song was kind of difficult to do because it it had such a history. There there was the four track version, which I can't find. I think someone, if you're if you're listening out there and you have it, please let me know. But um, there was a four track version, and I recorded another version in two thousand and one uh, at a home studio. Just thinking, okay, I'm going to do this. I did a mandolin version of it, so it had a lot of different versions and, and without giving it demo-itis, which is sort of becoming attached to an earlier version, hmm. I tried to dig in and, and do something that would fit with the other songs. So uh, I just laid down an acoustic guitar and the vocal, and then I filled things in behind it. And it has sort of a 70s sound, uh, used a 70s style drum approach and a upright piano. So it's not this pristine sounding recording, but it, it does have some good emotion to it. And in the in the bridge of the song, used an ebo, right? Uh huh. What is an ebo? Ebo is an electronic uh, bow for uh, for an electric guitar or an acoustic guitar, and it sort of makes the strings sort of resonate on their own and sustain in a cool way. Do you think you could demonstrate that? Because I don't really understand what that means, but I'd yeah. like to understand it. Yeah, we got some guitars here. Let me let me hook one up real quick, and um, we'll show you. I'll demonstrate the ebo. Yeah, so, you know, if you hook up a guitar and you make one noise, it's like this. That's mm-hmm. your basic pluck sound, yeah, right? I follow that. That's cool. Okay, and then if we put the Ebo on, it creates a larger sustained sound. So, Oh, wow. Cool. Okay, I get it. That's pretty neat. Then we can throw it in some echo crazy effects you know that's the ebo yeah it's got it's got like a haunting quality to it i think i appreciate that in the production yeah and i think too what was driving me in this song um there up until about a month before the record was finished i had a totally different drum sound going on um and it just didn't, it seemed really big and epic, but it didn't fit the song. It seemed insincere, so I changed that out the last minute, and that caused a couple problems um, towards the end, but we, I think we ironed them out as best we could. You know? Do you think Do you think you um, would have left this song off the record if, if you had a choice? No, I really wanted to include it because it was, it's a very special song to me, but um, there were some songs that did get left off, mm. even the outtakes record, um, started out with 13 songs and ended up with 10. Wow. And so there were three that just hit the cutting room floor. What were the songs that got cut? 
There was a song called Sparks that was written around the time of Alphabet People and Snake Eyes, and mm. um, it was just, it seemed too silly to me. Well, okay. There was a song called uh, Walking on Elm Street that I got just tired of. I didn't mm. like the, um, just didn't like how it was sounding. I liked that song. And then finally there was a song called The Great Divide, mm. and The Great Divide was written um, and recorded back in the Return of Spring sessions. Um, wow. And I decided to leave it off for two reasons. Uh, the first was that I got tired of it, but the second was it didn't seem like it fit spring. And then by the time I got here, it just didn't seem like it. It, it kind of killed the flow of the record. Yeah. It just didn't have a, a place, so left it off. And this was one that probably could have found its way back on if I had more time, but mm. um, it just got left off. So when we hear an outtake from Pill of the Sun, this is called The Great Divide.
I really didn't hear anything wrong with that, but I got to respect, you know, your decision to leave that off. I mean, it's pretty cool. Thank you. And, you know, for me, the I think I just got tired of the song and, and the lyrics were, were both really obtuse and really common at the same time. Like mm. some of the verses, I'm talking about some very specific images. And I just feel like the idea of the great divide being a metaphor for the afterlife has been so done that I just, you know, just, I'm going to say I did and just say I didn't. You know I, what I'm saying? I, I got you. I understand. And, and you know, the other thing too is when when I'm walking around listening to, to my mixes and when I'm in the middle of making a record, if I find myself skipping over a song, it's a sign that maybe it's either not good enough or I don't like it or I'm eventually going to um, not include it. So why is it that you write about ghosts or the afterlife? What is it you're trying to say with these songs? I think for me, I, I have a general interest in in what's going to happen, you know, after after this life. And, you know, it comes down to questions of faith and, and, and other things. Um, but honestly, you know, when I get down to it, I don't really know. So when I write about it, I'm writing about the unknown. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a good source for, for writing material. Well, what else? I mean, the story of the of the girl who liked Paper Staircase, mm-hmm. it seems like in writing about the afterlife and, and things that have moved on, you're also kind of doing a service in a way. Do you see Do you see that that way? I think so. You know, the thing about being honest with art, you know, when I don't block, don't put up filters and walls and just accept what I'm given uh, as an artist, um, things happen. You know, I'll write a song that I might not ha- might not think has a certain meaning, but then someone will say to me, man, this song means a lot to me because of, of, of the example of the dog that passed on and Paper Staircase being this sort of mourning song in a way. What other examples in your catalog have this sort of function? You know, the song October, I think for every person I've met has a different meaning for that song. And for me, it's a very specific meaning. And that song changes meaning depending on where I am uh, with my emotions and feelings and, and where I am in life. But um, that's an example. Any any song that's been popular usually has... Um, the reason it's popular is because somebody assigns a very emotional uh, reaction or identity to the song, and that creates uh, a meaning of its own. Well, that's very interesting. Um, I know I, I like your songs, but you know what, what I like about them is different from somebody else. So what do you think um, we're going to talk about next week? Next week, the theme of the show is going to be time songs. We're going to feature the song Snake Eyes from Pillar of the Sun, as well as a couple other songs from my catalog that deal with time. Um, So that should be what we're going to talk about. And again, the record is now available on iTunes. Is there anything else the listener out there can do to help um, support the podcast or the record? Yeah. um, The album Pillar of the Sun is, of course, up at iTunes. So that means if you like the album, you can go on iTunes and rate it as being something you like. Or if you don't like it, you can say it it stinks. But either way, it's good to have some sort of acknowledgement of the album. Uh, the album is also at CD Baby. Um, for people who like to explore independent music, um, you could write a good review. Uh, that would help us out a lot, too. So anyway, uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Uh, hope you have a good week, and happy holidays. See you next week, everybody. <laughs>